Thanks for listening to Sex with Emily. On today's show, I go on a journey with comedian, podcaster, and actor Jay Moore. And we go deep. I mean, not to worry, we do talk about anal, but we also talk about dealing with anxiety. How do you know when it's time to leave a relationship? Moving through divorce. How do you know when you've done enough? Because you've often heard me say, if you're in a trouble spot in your relationship, that's not time to have an affair, bury your emotions, or just tune everything out. It's actually time to do the real work. Leave no stone unturned so you know if you decide to leave, you've done everything. And we also talk sex, like if he really lasts longer than 16 seconds in bed, thoughts about pegging, and why he likes to sometimes be called daddy. All this and more. Thanks for listening. If you've been listening to the podcast, it should come as no surprise that women typically take longer to orgasm than men. This, my friends, is called the orgasm gap. And now there's something you can do about it. There's a topical treatment. It's called Promescent, and it enhances men's ability to last longer. No pills, no prescription, and no questionable claims. Developed by urologists, Promescent isn't your typical delay spray. Instead of simply relying on chemicals that numb everything, it leaves you with plenty of sensation. Enhancing your experience is easy. You just apply it to the underside of the penis before sex. And unlike other products, once Promescent is absorbed, it won't transfer to your partner. It's FDA compliant and clinically proven to help men last up to 64% longer. So give Promescent a try. To learn more or order yours, just go to sexwithemily.com slash enhance. That's sexwithemily.com slash E-N-H-A-N-C-E today. Look into his eyes. They're the eyes of a man obsessed by sex. Eyes that mock our sacred institutions. Bedroom eyes. Hey, Emily, you got a boyfriend? Because my man E here, he just got his heart broken. He thinks you're kind of cute. A girl's got to have her standards. Oh, my. Do women know about shrinkage? Isn't it common knowledge? What do you mean, like laundry? It shrinks? Can we not talk about sex so much? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God, I feel so good. Being bad feels pretty good. You know, Emily's not the kind of girl you just play with. Thanks for listening to Sex with Emily. We're talking about sex, relationships, and everything in between. For more information, go to sexwithemily.com. Check out our website, our blogs, our posts, and also subscribe and comment on iTunes, which I so appreciate it, and it really helps the show. And I'm going to read a really nice review we got on iTunes. This is from Vicious Toss. When I say awesome, I mean in the way she speaks intelligently and articulately on so many important subject matters, including relationships, friendships, marriages, sex, porn, feminism, masculinity, and many others. In every podcast that I've listened to so far, I felt that Emily, her staff, and guests genuinely and patiently help others without judgment or ridicule. Thank you for that comment and it just feels good. It's true, you guys. This is a judgment-free zone. We are here for you to help you work through all your relationship issues, sex issues. So thank you, Vicious Toss. And if you guys leave a comment, we will read it. I appreciate it. We're going to pick one every week. So thanks for that. And um, we have a March contest, which is super exciting. We call this one the O's of March. And by what I mean by that is those O moments or the aha moment when you finally figured out something, something in your life that you've kind of been noodling on. You're like, ah, that's the reason. Well, think about what your sex and dating life, there must be some of those where you've had an aha moment. Like maybe you figured out, 
oh, this is my secret fantasy that I've really been wanting to express. Or this is a secret erogenous zone on the back of my knee I never knew existed. Or you actually tried a toy with your partner and you thought, oh, wow, sex toys for couples, that really works. I mean, whatever it is that has that moment when something happened and it changed and you saw your sex life or your relationship in a whole different way, I want to hear from you. I want to hear your oh moment. Send in yours to feedback at sexwithemily.com by April 10th. And we're going to pick four of you to win a super sexy prize that will definitely have you going, oh. And also, please join me on social media. It's at Sex with Emily on Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, and Twitter. And I'm always posting behind the scenes. I'm posting new episodes come up and also just a lot of information and blogs and posts and linking to all these things that will inspire you and help you to have the relationship and sex life that you dream of. We've got some sex hack videos coming soon. I love a good sex hack. And so we did a few videos that are going to be posted right now. By the time you hear this, we're going to have some up. So they're just little tips, little things that you can do that will make a huge difference in your sex life. Let me know what you think of those. I just love hearing what you guys think of the shows, the videos, Um, whatever we're posting. It's so helpful to get your feedback because I love you all. So thanks for listening and enjoy my interview with Jay Moore. This is really good spray in your mouth, even though it's blowjob spray, meaning it lubricates your mouth when you want to talk. Not that you need it, but so you're not like, it's good. So it doesn't mean you're gay using blowjob spray. It just means that it tastes really good and it lubricates your mouth. I think it makes you more straight. I'm on the other side of the fence. Cool. Once you get pegged, you go, oh, that's the straightest shit I've ever done in my life. (laughs) What? You heard me. How is it so straight? Because you have to be that comfortable to let somebody peg you. That's true. Dude. I love that we're already recording about your pegging experience, Jay Moore. This is what I love. So I've been doing the show for like 13 years and people are like, oh, what's the trends? What's changed? And mostly that anal, top of mind, always. But even more so, I feel like people really want to try anal. But the pegging thing was something I've been talking to guys about. I'm like, you're straight, you know, but it doesn't mean it doesn't make you gay if you want to you know, have some penetration there because it's like the male G spot. What if it's the best orgasm ever and you don't know it? So you did it. Yeah, I, somebody it. pegged me and it was... Somebody knew? The, uh, no, okay. it, it, it was the manliest thing I had ever done. Because, how I, so? Because it was just, she was so turned on by it. It feels amazing because you have a prostate. It's like the closest thing we have to a clitoris. Right, G-spot. And there's, you know, like boobs and a beautiful woman there. It's, it's not like you're bent over a couch in right. jail. Right, exactly. It's not like the doctor either putting... like Some enormous like Cuban guy named Jennifer <laughs> just laying it in. Like, no, it's like somebody you love just like doing that. It was a small size thing, you That's know, good. baby Start steps. Small. Yeah. Uh, and then that was the one time and I was just like, this is amazing. Yeah. And never again. You weren't like, yeah, let's start it. We could give you, we have a closet. I would do it. If any like girlfriend, it was like, if it's important to her or whatever, like, sure. So most of but it was what, that, you said anal change, like how I think it's only changed because I think it, people have always had curiosity about anal, but I think because of porn, like because it's everywhere now that kids are just everyone who's having sex at a young age are like, oh, well, we should also have anal. Like it's part of it. And it's just some people have anal because they think they're not really going to lose their virginity. And I, I was know. not me and Adam Crawler, like the only two guys that are like, eh, you know, not really. And because it's dominance when you do it when you love when you're lovemaking and you can do it like when you can use just like spit right like when it's that gentle of a thing and it's like an actual beautiful thing it's right. other level ethereal great right greatness 
But it's just, I feel like everybody does it to eventually go from yeah to yeah. Right. Because it's I, like I a, wanna, kind of a taboo thing. But yeah, should, but it's like, it's dominant. It's it's too dominant. And I don't want to, I don't want to behave that way. Right. Unless you're both really into it. And she's like, no, it's not dominant. It feels really good to me. And it can but be I don't need an asshole to be that dominant with somebody. Like, I, I don't know why guys have to tie girls to beds. Like, I Because they want it. Well, yeah, but just my voice, you're not going to go anywhere. Like, if you need ropes to, like, get that, like... Yeah, but the ropes are just, like, an added sort of, like, accoutrement. Like, the things that you add to your, you know? Like, oh, hey, I know. Tie me up to, I, mean, I can't move. When you're not that's tied awesome. up and you can't move, that's... That's that's hot, too. That's I think high, women want restraint. We want to be cherished. We want to be ravished. We want you to take control. Many women. So... Yeah. Yeah, you get it. But go back to the loop thing. I just need to make a correction here. When you said... It's great if you don't use lube and you just. I never in. said those words. What you said? You said without I lube. Said, it's so I, I never said without lube. I said when you're using spit. Spit. Sorry. Yeah. Spit is a chip. Spit's not great to use instead of lube. I'm just saying, technically, I've lube's never, amazing. I didn't say. I never. Did I ever say instead of lube? No. You projected all that on I'm me. Just not I'm a, entirely present. I have like a lube. I know. I love that about you. You are so present. I mentioned lube never. Uh, because you use spit, which is like the. You know, which is which, which is not great to use during sex. There's a lot Why? of bacteria because there's a lot of bacteria in spit. You're putting something in somebody's asshole, like it spits right, the but problem. But what did you just have? Like, that's not did the you just have partner. like pizza for dinner or something, and it's like still or like meat, and it's in your spit and saliva? You really want an answer? Yeah, I've probably been eating ass for about twenty minutes. Yeah, well, you know, but <laughs> so but before that, really part of that, yeah, it's sloppy. I'm just saying that. But lube before all anal, that ass eating, what did you eat that had germs on it? <laughs> Lube and anal, like the problem is when people just, uh, they go in too quickly and then the saliva doesn't last long. So with anal, not that you care because you're not on that path right I'm, now. Yeah, I was use talking a lot about of lube. the gentility and the No, I get it. No, it's making. gentle that yeah. it's just saliva. I get that. And I just took it to like, oh, don't use spit. Yeah, just to make the correction. My, my plumbing doesn't work well enough to be jamming anything anywhere. Okay, I'm pushing cool. a rope uphill. Got it. Okay. <laughs> Jay Moore, this is so fun. I'm so glad you're here. I'm really excited. You all know Jay Moore, I believe. Comedian, actor, podcast host. I love your podcast, More Stories. Oh, thank you. So good, yeah. All the stuff that you've done. And I'm excited um, to get to know you today because I've been following your journey, especially like the last year, listening to a lot of different interviews you've done. And I know that it's been kind of a challenging year for you. And I've been so impressed and kind of inspired and touched by how open you've been about what you're going through. And I was like, oh, it was just, I don't know, just like your vulnerability and just being present and honest. Even in last year, I know life is never easy. We're always going through things, but that you've gone through a rough marriage, challenging relationship. It was, uh, it was the most difficult 18 months of my life. Right now, we're in the 18th month. Oh no, we're we're out of the 18th month, but it's, it's kind of like Vietnam in 74, 75. Like you're still, you're still right, still dodging a few uh, incoming here and there. But yeah, it was, I got divorced, and I, you know, I didn't want to get divorced, but it's, it, it's what's what's a, uh, it takes two to make a thing go right. Yeah. It takes two. It does take two. And you can dance as fast as you want to dance, but you know, it wouldn't be fair to speak uh, for two people, but. I went insane, insane. Like I was going to get a bed in a mental hospital twice. And before both, you decided to get divorced or no, during the, last... the, you know, I filed right. twice. Yeah. It's, 
I just, yeah. I, I just, I'm being careful not to speak because uh, I love. Well, her here's very my much. right. No, I, I know I I, the opposite of love isn't hate. It's I get indifference. It. I get I'm nowhere it. near indifference. No, I, I get I, it. I it's been her. challenged. You still love her. It's been a heartbreak. But the thing that I thought was interesting, and like for a mm-hmm. lot of my listeners, I feel like there's so much because I always say, you know, people call up and they're like, oh, you know, we answer people's emails or they call into the show and they're like, oh, I'm thinking of having an affair. Things haven't been great. Or, you know, we're not going to go to therapy. It's just we're going to live through this suffering. And it's like, no, you have to, first of all, don't have an affair. Whatever energy you're putting towards the other person, turn towards your relationship and work on it and see if you guys can repair. Because then you can leave the relationship knowing that you've done everything. And I think a lot of people just leave and they don't do it. And what I love, what I've heard you say is that like, leave no stone unturned because then when you leave a relationship, you know you've done everything and that's something that I often impart I'm out of of stones you're out of stones you turned them all over though I ground them to dust in my hands right turning them over and and like as far as cheating goes you nailed it like you can never it's not like a felony you work down to a misdemeanor and you get it off you don't get to work release that off your right once you cheat you it's on there forever you're a cheater that's it right you can't go back you die a cheater you cheat on your wife like that's the one thing you're gonna go why I was so ephemeral and strange right um and yeah, uh, the well, second part of that was... Yeah, like what kind of, what I want to know is like, like I always say, go to therapy. I know you're a huge mental health advocate, as am I. I mean, I feel like sometimes I'm on repeat. I'm like, you guys really need therapy. And I don't even think that people totally get that. But, so I know that you probably went through therapy with her. Can you talk about no, not No, we didn't leaving? go. You I, didn't you know, go. She, I, I wound up going to a psychiatrist I still see by myself because it was, well, one of us has to see somebody about something. Right, and was she just not... I'm not going to... You don't have to get into it. All I'm saying is what what, I feel like what you've gone through is what I hear from a lot of couples, that one wants therapy, one doesn't. One's working, one's not. And I feel like... I'm not saying she wasn't. All I'm saying is I'd like to hear about the stones. (laughs) And I didn't say the thing about Lib. Um, Can you tell me? I just feel like that process of working it through. Like, how did you know that the stones were... Like, what kind of... If you... What kind it's, of work it takes a, it's very long. It's not like you wake up one day and go, whoa, what happened this morning? You know, it's not, there's not fights. There was never fights. It's a very slow, slow, slow sort of undertow. And then you get gaslit away where you, you're not sure what reality is anymore. And that's what kind of made me cuckoo. You know, in any relationship someone will tell you what you're the number one thing I've seen in relationships and being an intuitive and working with people that ask me to work with them Mm -hmm. as for hire as an intuitive yeah it's uh well I know you hate when we talk about this and the other person goes I don't I don't hate this at all so now you're untangling a necklace before you put it on right and you never then you talk about the last time you had to untangle that necklace when it comes up again you wind up only talking about when you had to untangle the necklace right. the other time and you never get to wear it. And I see that when I date now, it's, it's a defense mechanism. It's, it's projection. It's, it's really odd. Like just people tell you things about yourself that are inherently untrue. You'll, you'll say, no, the last time we spoke, I actually said, I'm, I love talking about this and thank you. Well, I know you hate it. It's just like, they don't right. people, hear. no one hears, no, no one communicates. Nobody they, listens. They, nobody listens. It's true. Nobody fear, can, fear, 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 mm-hmm. fear of success. More, it used to be fear of failure our whole lives, and now everybody is fear. They fear success because when you're successful, the spotlight's on you, and now do it again. Now I really see you. Well, that, right. If and you're a failure, who cares? Right. But if you, Pete Townsend once said, "I wrote a record. I love to write songs. I wrote a song. They said that was great. Could you write another song?" 
And I went, this is the greatest job in the world. Right. And that's, he didn't have a fear of success. Like right. success to him was fulfilling his passion. I love to do comedy. I love to act. I love to create. I like to separate people from concern. Did you do ever have that fear though, that you weren't going to be able to hit it again after certain movies or things that you've done? You never had that. You were not riddled with that. This is going to sound maybe really like, like I'm a dick, but I, I, I don't remember fear. I don't have, I remember a shot. I got a gamma globulin shot when I was like 11 and it scared me so bad for some reason. And I don't really remember fear ever. Like both my sons were in the NICU and I don't know. I just, you just don't angst, have it. Angst, worry, doubt, fear. It's like the forest will provide. It's just, I don't know. Maybe I was just born a Buddhist. I don't know what it was. No, that that's, that's, I mean, so you really don't, you don't have that like angst around your work and creating them. None. You just always, it just comes out. Like, I think it's amazing. I don't try. I've never given a hundred percent. I've never, I'm 47 years old. I, I, maybe 88% is as high as I've ever gone. It's come easy to me. It's, like going through AA, I went back to AA March 14th. Right, I know. I've and heard I didn't drink. Like that's how sick I was with anger, sadness, resentment from this crumbling life of marriage that I needed to apply some type of program and right. get, get with it. Because I never like worked steps. I never got a sponsor. And I, May 5th, 1998 was my sobriety date. I didn't drink or drug. And I was getting fired from jobs because they thought I was on drugs. Right. So, but in two different walks of life, like one was like a boys and girls club corporate gig where I wore a tuxedo. And I was like, that was the one I was sure. Like I saved the night. It was great. Right. They're like, is he, is he on something? I went, oh, that with the other place. Right. Apparently I'm behaving in a way. Okay. So first of all, to explain this, cause I find this fascinating. I know I have a lot of, and I'm very close to AA. I'm not in an AA, but I've had a lot of friends, close friends that have gone through it. And I've seen just miraculous changes in their lives. Like friends I had for 20 years and they both got sober to my friends at the same time. And to watch going through the steps and how they were just like different people after a year, I know how powerful the program is. And also saying that like, so you got sober like 20 years ago, sober meaning you didn't drink, but you're like white knuckling it or I was, I was dry, dry drunk. Dry drunk, yeah. So I find that so, I find that so you just, so people were saying to you, hey, are you on drug a year ago about, right? Because today is so, con- it's Two a year. Two years ago, three years. Congratulations you know, was, on a year. Thank you very much. Yeah, today. It are you going to go get a chip? Uh, I may not because my son's more important than the chip. Did you bring him to a meeting? My, uh, Do you ever bring him to a meeting? I know your mom brought you to meetings. Six. Oh, you're right, though, because my mom brought me when I was eight. Uh, not yet. There's one on Tuesdays I might bring him to. Okay. Because it's kind of tr- My 15-year-old I'll bring, certainly. I think it's powerful. I used to smart. go with my friends. I was like, I love this. I wish. And even when I started doing Love Line, like with Drew, I was like, I really want to do the fourth step. Like, I think that's really important to me, or the fifth step. I'm not, I'm not an addict, but I'm like, what could I? I literally went to a therapist like five years ago. I'm like, I want to work the steps, the program. I think it's the best. I've been in therapy my whole life. I that seems wait. amazing. People are like the fearless moral inventory. That's the thing that everybody's so terrified of. I'm like, that's no, fourth, right? Or is that fifth? I, I can't wait to be a detective on me because whatever I think of me is clouded by somebody else's, like the perception of me by me was so clouded by living in a in a house in a home and driving in a car and laying in a bed with somebody that tells you things about yourself until you believe it it's being gaslit right, really right 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 and over the, to keep hearing that and then when i realized my defects of character i was like uh you know an insatiable need for validation irrational i get applause for going to work mm-hmm. i go to work and people applaud cuz i walked in right that's that's so how 
Then I'm in a hotel room, like, what's going on? Where is everybody? Like, right. no, you just left everybody. Right, but it's kind of like, so talk about, I mean, when you go on stage, you perform, and you've always, I mean, I feel like you've had a lot of success. Everything you've done, your stand-up. When I tell everyone you're on the show, they're like, oh my God, I love him. I saw a stand-up. He's amazing. Or they just, you know, you're beloved. So, but you go on stage, you get that, you know, affirmation, or you get the, what'd you say? The approval, the, the validation. validation. And right. then you leave. And then it's kind of like this, like if that's the thing about performing is that you're so on, you're so present, you get it. And then you go back to the room and then it's not a loneliness. I think you're nibbling around. the. Edge I'm of not the saying no lonely. I'm okay. just saying it's almost a crash. Cause you're getting this like dopamine rush or adrenaline. And then you, do you feel like you, I think I'm the outlier. Cause I don't get the big rush. It's kind of like you don't celebrate when your car doesn't have a flat tire. And that's how I feel on stage. And I could take a nap like right before I go on stage. That's when I'm the most just like, all right, cool. Like, like you, you don't have anxiety. Obviously, you don't have anxiety. So you don't I have do. anything around just, that. I'm a, a thoroughbred runs around a track. You put them in the stall. Just you want to give them an idea how long the track is. That's it. How long am I doing? That's all I need to know. Apollo. And your material is so, it's about what's happening in your life. It's true. It's real. You it's your that. stories. And, yeah. And that I think alleviated all um, any remaining angst any remaining, uh, you know, highs and lows was, I realized like three, four, about four years ago, every single thing I'll write already happened to me or is going to happen to me. So to sit down, the construct of actually writing a joke is not truthful. Like, hey, what's with the, like, who gives your shit? That's not, that's not who you are. That's something you sat and manufactured, which is false. Right. My son saying, my six-year-old says yes, like an old queen for some reason. Right. He's like this big butch dude. Like he looks at the house. He's like four arms like Lenny Dykstra. I'm like, did you do it? He goes, mm-hmm. I go, did you really? Yes. <laughs> did he do what? Anything you're asking? Just whatever I ask right, him, right. the word yes just comes out. And then I can't hear contractions like did, didn't, right. can, can't. So he can't use contractions. So he's the poor guy's six. He weighs 77 pounds. He's tall. He's uh-huh. a big kid. He's got lats. Like he's, a, he's a, he lifts. <laughs> okay. He likes to lift weights. Wow. At six, he his Amazing. favorite outfit is blue jeans, nothing else. Like a Russian landlord that hoses the driveway and not the lawn. How old is he? He's this is six. six. Wow. And okay. So he can't use contraction. So he walks around all day like an effeminate czar. Like <laughs> I cannot. I did not. Will yes. How have he, them washed and sent to my tent, Father. Why can't he use contractions? Because I can't use, hear them. I don't know. If he says I did or didn't, I can't hear the difference in contractions. In him or in life? In it's life. like a block. In life. Okay. It's not a block. It's No, just, like a thing. It's like a, I can't wink. I can't whistle. You can't wink? No. Or whistle. I don't know if they're related. Whistle regular or whistle loud like Anything. a coach? Anything. I can't even, I can't even do it. Would you I, rather, Michael, would you rather be able to dunk or whistle loud like a coach with no hands? Uh, dunk. All right. You'll change that answer, I promise. <laughs> to be able to just in traffic, just go, Psh, like, we're allowed, like some cool dad. So uh, for, for, some, for, yeah. for two people celebrating presents, I think we both just went. Mm-hmm. I know, there's so many Lombard things. Lombard Street. Right. Oh so, my yeah. God, San Francisco, that's my heart. I used to I live there. Went, uh, On the street. We're little cable cars, climb halfway mm-hmm. to the stars. Mm-hmm. So you're, oh, no, working comedy. the steps working was the great. Steps. And right. that helped me a lot. And now it's like, if I have a bad day, uh, I know why. And the biggest thing for me, I was talking to my sponsor a while ago and I go, the big book keeps talking about willingness. Like I have so much willingness. I am, I just don't apply it. I'm 100% willing. And he's a, he's like a biker cowboy. So all biker cowboys seem right. to have like bad hips. So he's kind of like shuffling it. I go, I'm 100% willing. He goes, not really. And I just started laughing because he's right. If you're 100% willing, 
you would do more exactly like you don't the morning say, meditation right how's that going are you doing it i've never had a bad day when i do it it's like true just, right here's, I meditate here's what i gotta do today i'm gonna hand it over i'm i'm not the director of this show i gotta accomplish these i can't be human reliant right do it myself depend on no one if i'm late i'm a liar if i'm rushing it's a symptom of my sickness That's, yeah so when you went back about a year ago, you said, oh, no, wait, I remember what I wanted to get back to. When anal. you were talking about right, a lot anal. Of anal and so, oh, we, all roads lead to, lead to anal. Do they? I don't. No, but they do in sex. Like literally, like, if people just call me, I'm like, let me guess, anal question. There's just a lot of them. But when you were talking about writing I, the jokes, are you saying that you know? don't? No, we, I'll tell you, we'll get back to anal. Anal is always fun. When you, um, we're going to name it Anal with Jay Moore. Is that cool? The show? Because mm-hmm. you said you like the titles. Or maybe we'd let you name it. No, I think, I don't know if you'll top that. Anal with Jay Moore. It's like naming like a enough. band. Would you hit like Soundgarden? You're pretty good. Well, Radiohead, Metallica. Like, no, that's the name. We're good. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. This is a good one. Anal. But Boston? People- really? We're just going to be Boston? Okay. So listen, joke writing. So you're saying that all these things happen to you in your life, stories, whatever, but if you, you don't actually write your jokes before you go up because you're just, then it doesn't feel real to you? Or are you saying- No, I, I don't write jokes. Not jokes, but do you write like funny story with kid? Kid, the backpack. I'll that- bullet point it. To okay. remind myself, uh, but it's a problem. I, I've probably forgotten about two hours of material. And then when I talk to other comics, they'll say things like, "What? A, how can we do that thing about bringing a dog to the vet? I'm like, oh my God, that was so... Like, right. I just forget it. But do you have them written down anywhere? or archive? No. It's a, I, no, I need to. And it's a problem and I won't because... This is L.A. And when people go like, I got, you know, I'm writing this. I need to write a book. Like, well, you're not going to because you're talking about it. It's so and true. Just write. The- just, you know, don't tell me about the labor. Show me the baby. Right. No, you're so right. You're like so right. Like the poems. I never told anybody. I just went When did the poems this, start? Those are yeah, because. About a year ago. It was I, cathartic. We, so Jay walked in and he played us his poem on your Periscope through Twitter. Is that what it is? There? Yeah. What at? Jay Moore 37. Jaymore37. And it was my it website, jaymore.com. There, there's one's post, a blog. It was post really, po- I mean, like, you're so good. Like, it's just, Thank has you. that always been something that's coming out of you? Poems. Yeah, I think. Healing, I, cathartic. You know, I remember, like, when I was 20, I'd be on a plane going to do stand up and I would hear a lyric and I would actually write the lyric and I would just write that one lyric over and over and over. I remember, like, Born to Run, Together, Wendy, We Can Live with the Sadness. I love you with all the madness in my soul. And I was going across country thinking he wrote six albums after this like just you're done like no he wasn't done that's before born in the usa you know and uh, i would always just like last i was flying back from salt lake city i was listening to the national it was i waited 28 years to meet you and i just went oh my god but he's not 28 you know matt's not he's 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 older than i am i think i was just like just fast then i called him and asked him about it and he actually gave me a really great backstory on it but which i won't share because it's his business but right so yeah i've always sort of but you're never done things but i never really had the structure i sent a bunch of poems to my dad who was an english major at rutgers university and he loves poetry and it was ones i was like really proud of right and he emailed me back uh pretty good but your your meter is off and I went, all right. It's like, so my dad, right, who right, loves right. me entirely. Of course. But, but he's like, here's the dig or here's what's wrong. And he's right. And there's no, like the poem, my, your sound, there's no meter. Like, so then I just sent him one called six about my son because every line was six syllables. So I look like a crazy person on the airplanes on my fingers just going. But does that know, really matter? Per, like, meet per, with- uh, <laughs> Puffy eyes, purple orchids, 
ruby red crooked lips da, 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 da. and I'm like the person next to me probably just thinks I'm uh, a, a special boy but are you are you but are you supposed to is there like rules to poem I, mean, I get the no. meters but you can just do your own, but that's your dad saying like hey if you're really gonna do a good thing because that's how they it's a good it's a good thing to do you know but I've noticed nobody notices I go when I go each line is uh, eight syllables they go oh I've read I didn't even know that I read it like three times and then I feel like oh I feel like a jerk for pointing it out. I hate when they rhyme. But you were just saying, like, why wasn't he just done? He wrote this song. But do you never feel like you're done, right? Are you never going to be done with comedy? Is that what you're most passionate no. about, your podcast? Or no, what? I was born a comic. Like, I, I can't not do comedy. I, I mean, I've done shows for friends, and they've said, uh, well, there's only six people here, so you don't have to come. It's like, no, I agreed to do a show. It wasn't person-dependent. Right. Like, I've done open mics where it's just other comics. Like, now. And then you're the elephant in the room. So then there's, there's a, some shows I love doing. There's always something new. Buddy Hackett once told me, you're never done peeling the onion. You're never, if, if you stop peeling the onion, that's when you cry. You just got to keep going. You got to keep going. You got to peel the onion, peel the onion. Nothing's ever done. And that's all like Zen Buddha stuff. It's, yeah, it's true though. Like it's like the, in life, like your spiritual journey. Like I feel like never you're done. never freaking done. So that's what I was trying to... That's why atheists make me kooky. It's just like, <laughs> wait, you know that you know this for fact? Right. Like you're just, you're certain. No, nothing. So certain. Uh, there's a couple shows like a set list show I love and I'll explain both briefly. Okay. And there's another one called Don't Tell Stand Up, um, which is amazing because they don't tell the audience. Their shows, their podcast, what, their what? Their actual live stand-up okay. comedy shows. Don't Tell Stand Up is uh, Sean and Anna. There are a couple. They do them. And they let the comp- They let me know at like 2 in the afternoon. It's in the garden at Venice High School at 10 p.m. And the audience finds out at the same time oh, I as love I it. do. So it's like it- a flash mob comedy show yeah, or there's like There's no mic. There's no, there's no, there's no, ch- there's like people on blank. So- my thing about comedy, when I went to that show, Sean said to me, uh, her brother thinks you're the greatest comedian of all time. And I looked at him to say, a year ago, I would have said, what about you? But I didn't say anything. But that's what I was thinking. But somehow he vibed it out. He goes, you're the truest. And I went, I'll take it. Right. And I love that show. I did one in a furniture store, down like downtown furniture right. store. And it's the construct of the show is the truest. Like, there's no advertising. There's no waitresses. There's no ice machine. There's no blender. There's no drinks. I mean, I was in the back of a furniture store with, like, pit bulls barking on the other this side of a recently? wall. Um, no, I mean, this year, yeah. Over the year, right. Uh, they've done them in jewelry stores, skate parks. Like, they just, it's, the construct of the show is so honest that you die if you put on a show. You're dead. You can't go, hey, how's everybody doing? And like, right. bye-bye, asshole, you're out. So you're the realist, felt like, and you could take that in. So when you were saying a year and ago, I be- you And would, I believed him. You believed that's And I the knew thing. it to be the truth, that I am the actual truest. Yeah, you are. Because I don't do any jokes. I Like, this happened to me. So if somebody doesn't laugh, if an audience doesn't laugh, I just shared a story with them, I move on to the next story. And people will ask me appropriately, like, do you, how often do you try out material? And I go, I don't. And they go, how do you, how do you not try out material but like Emily if you had a story at a party I go mm-hmm. oh tell Lark what happened this morning right. you would tell her you wouldn't be like you know what let me go to Rite Aid and try it out first no that's true you let, me go pra- down, let me go down to the liquor store and tell it over there first two places you like to go I, I know that's no I love the Rite Aid and the McDonald's across the street it's true liquor store no but you're right the liquor store is awesome but the, the, it's true that so just for the now and later the truest the truest thing though saying that you're the truest 
is that I just think that you're so brave because you get up, you're a comedian, you do your comedy, but then you're also like, you were talking about your mom with Alzheimer's and you're like, I know this is really what I've been going through. How am I going to make this funny? And you just did your whole thing and you're like, oh, by the way, I've been with my mom going through Alzheimer's and people were like, you're like, it wasn't necessarily funny, but then you're like, uh, yeah. that's my life. I made and everyone a big error. Standing. Uh, yeah, I Why made a is huge, that error? I'll tell you. Okay. Because. I thought it was brave and true. Thank you. Uh, it's tough to be brave without being a coward. So. I'll, I'll temper that compliment, well, but I accept it. There's a duality of everything, but okay. There's one story I tell about renting a kayak with my son, and I put it on the six-year-old because he's, I guess, more, more, more frequent. Right. Or not, you know, he's six. He's every day. I got to, you know. And it just wasn't, like when you take a golf cart downhill, it's like, oh, it doesn't really go that fast. It stops. It's like there's a governor on the engine. Right. And I felt that way in the room. So I opened my book, uh, No Wonder My Parents Drank, and I found that by chance... And I found the kayak story. I go, that didn't happen to Meredith. That happened to Jackson. So I go, oh, I have a show tonight. I can't wait to tell the kayak story with the appropriate kid. Right. And then my mom visited, and we didn't know she had Alzheimer's. And she came to my house and just kept saying, whose car is in the driveway? Is that my car? Is there an upstairs to this building? And I stayed awake for 72 hours with my mom. I never left her eyes. Mm. I knew, like, her tells. I knew when she slipped. I had, like, I set up, like, like little memory cards, like only like three of them. Okay. So like something we could monitor as it went on. And uh, I told my wife, I go, the kayak story didn't happen to Meredith. It happened to Jackson. And my mom's Alzheimer's. I had to read her Harold and the Purple Crayon tonight. I've always wanted a daughter, but I like, I didn't think it was going to be my mom. Mm. And then she goes, how are you going to make that funny? And I went, I'll see you later. Right. Like, I, I don't know. I don't right. like that. I'm just going to tell it. Right. But then it ended up like, and you feel like you were real in that moment. Everyone got up. You got like the standing ovation. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. And the error was, that's yeah, what I wanted to it. do. And the thing, uh, when I do the improv in Hollywood, they give me the eight o'clock show. So it's eight to 10 is me. So I do an hour and a half, which I like to do an yeah. hour and a half. When I, are you doing that again soon? You'll tell uh, us I can look it up on my okay. phone. And then it got to be about like eight minutes left and they're blinking the light because they have to load in a second show. And I hadn't even done the thing about my mom, so I had to truncate it and just smoosh it in in like the back three or four minutes. And I'm like, oh, there's there's like nothing really to call back. There's this, I'm just going, this awful, sad thing happened tonight. And I went, so, thinking back 90 minutes ago, I go, when I tell you guys 90 minutes ago, I'm really glad to see you guys. I, I mean it. And then in that moment, before they did anything, I went, Oh my God, sincerity trumps comedy every right. time. And they were like, yeah, they all stood up. And it was a parlor trick on my part because right. I fucked up. I didn't, I didn't stagger it. You didn't have the joke. You're like, I just want to get this in. But did you feel like you had to get it in because you promised that you would? Talk about I had to get like, it. I jump off the cliff. I build right. my wings as I'm going That's down. What you say, and, yeah. But the wing, I didn't form any wings. So I'm like, I'm going to break my legs just so you guys know. Like, transparency is transparency. Right. And, and vulnerability. Then, but and, I can't go on stage, and ha it was a complete, like, ripcord parachute of, I have to land this somehow, and I wouldn't, that's not a comedy show, that's not what I go on stage to do, but it was just my, like, last yeah. second, and I'm re I am really glad to see you guys, right. whew, otherwise they, I would have had to go, by the way, Christopher Walken right. said, you know. Right, so. but it worked for you, being real, and all, you know? Oh, it totally worked, it was just. You're the only right. person that knows it was a failed, uh, the result of a failed construct. I but talk about really comedy fail. like Stephen Hawking. Right, I know. About space. Right. And how sad that he just died. Good. He cheated on his wife. Bye-bye. He did? Yeah. Is that what he said? Right. Twice. Right. 
Okay, wait. The guy so- talks by moving his irises into a machine. <laughs> a nurse wipes his ass and he goes, thank you. Suck it. Suck it. L-O-L or not. Like how he got ass. <laughs> Everyone gets confidence, I guess. Success, Stephen power. Stephen Hawking. I like, know. It was somebody I know, dude. For if anyone, everyone's going to feel worse now listening. Like, I haven't gotten a blowjob in, in years. And well, you just got to grow a pair ask, and say, whoa. Hope you're enjoying my talk with Jay Moore. Right now, we're going to give a quick shout out to our sponsors. Thanks for supporting them. And I'll be right back. I love when I run into listeners of the podcast in the real world. You always ask me great sex questions, and lately you always ask me, is the Womanizer really that good? Which doesn't surprise me because Womanizer is still the top search term on sexwithemily.com. The good news is, I could talk about it all day. I call it the clit whisper because it seems to know exactly what I want, and I didn't think they could top the Womanizer to go. That's the one that's shaped like a lipstick. But guess what? They did. The latest womanizer is called the Starlet and it is so cute. It's got all the power of the original, but it's super tiny and it literally fits in the palm of your hand. The womanizer uses patented pleasure air technology to indirectly stimulate your clitoris with gentle suction and air pressure. It just feels so good. It is so effective that some women have an orgasm in 60 seconds, you know, if you're into that sort of thing. And if you haven't tried a womanizer, this is the time. There are a bunch of different models, but trust me, all of them are the sure thing. To order your Womanizer Starlet, click on the Womanizer banner on my site or find it at goodvibes.com Emily. Last year, my team and I were at dinner with our friends from System Joe when they started talking about how amazing their updated Volt for her was. Now, I had heard about Volt. It's a serum you apply to the clitoris to create a tingling and buzzing sensation. I just hadn't experienced it myself. Well, of course, one of them had sealed samples in their bag, so I went off to the bathroom to give it a try, because why not? I got back to the table thinking, mm, it's okay. And then after about a minute, the full strength of the buzzing hit. And let's just say our dinner conversation got a lot more stimulating. You can use Volt with a toy or with a partner or dinner with clients. You know, whenever you want to add a little extra excitement. If you want to heighten sensual pleasure and enhance sensation, Joe has various formulas, some to cool things down, some to heat things up, but all with a tingle. You can check out all of System Joe's stimulating formulas at sexwithemily.com slash Joe. That's sexwithemily.com slash J-O. My old trick back in the day was when somebody didn't want to fool around anymore, I would go, well, what are, what are we going to do about this? About this. Back when oh, I but, had, oh, right. Back the when blue I had, balls? Oh, God. No, the actual erection. Right. Oh, the erection. The, like the, we sight, were gonna... the sight of it was the thing. I was like in my early 20s. Right. I get it. That's about hopefully uh, when it stopped. That's, that's what, well, yeah. And erections as well. Yes. Right. <laughs> Usually so it lasts about the 40s. Yeah, I'm 47. It's it's a problem. Yeah, I know. It's a whole thing. We can talk about that too. Sure. How is your sex? Well, no, it was funny because I was... Um, so I was listening. I was like really like into your world, like listening to the Truth Barrel one with your podcast and Jordan and listening to a bunch of stuff. And then I pulled up your stand up from, I think it was three years ago on Amazon Prime, like happy. Happy and a lot. That was mm-hmm. a good special. Yeah, it was good. And you opened with like, I'm really bad in bed. I lasted for a whole 16, 16 seconds. Sec- well, but yeah, in, but I in a row. The, right. In a row. No, you didn't kill it. You had it. I kind of, I did. Right. So what do you think about your... And 10 seconds in, I'm looking at the orange Gatorade on the nightstand going, oh, not yet. Finish on. <laughs> you're a wrestler, JJ. Come on. Do you really <clears> think <throat> you're bad in bed? No. 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 That, that was like... <laughs> that was a joke, so that wasn't real. Uh, my wife <laughs> was, was pretty happy. fucking hot. You know, longevity wasn't a, uh, the sex a luxury. The problem. 
Yeah. Right. Okay. Until it was the problem. Right. Until a, it is the because problem. Because of well, other things. Well, the exactly. sex was never the problem. It's the things leading up to the, you know. It, when you're married, the first thing you say when you want to have sex is, all right, let me pee first. Everybody goes to another room and pees. They, but when they don't want to have sex? No, when you, you want to have sex, oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah okay, let, me, let right, me go pee exactly. first. When you're single, you never once go like, let me go pee. Like, you, you just... You just have sex. You'll stop mid-pee and just turn around and do it. It's, you right, know, that's true. Just, there's all I these know, weird... Well, that's, that's the fun part, the newness, the excitement of a new relationship, because you're like, you're not peeing, your makeup's still on, you're doing all this but stuff. Chris Rock said, if it ain't new, it's through. <laughs> so, uh, bad in bed, uh, no. Did the set... Okay, I don't mean you're bad in bed. Okay, but did your sex life, I don't know if you want to talk about this. but No, that was pre- an actual joke. That one was an actual joke. Oh, there you go. There's and one then joke. I had uh, erectile dysfunction towards the tail end of the marriage. Uh, Which is mostly emotional. It, totally emotional. Like entirely emotional and still emotional. And then value, feelings of worth. We were talking off mic about daddy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, me and Michael were, not you. No, I, was, no. <laughs> I want to talk to you about the daddy stuff. because you. So said- then when I realized I was not going to necessarily brick up lovely, yo, uh, get like these nice, great mammoth erections that I could be proud of and bounce water off of it. <laughs> Uh, then you become like a, a, ch- a chess master and it's all between the ears. Be, and what you don't realize is as you're de- like, well, they won't even notice. They're not, get- well, no, they are noticing they are getting it because you're hitting a bell that no one has ever tried to hit before. And that's patience, presence. Mm-hmm. Focusing on the moment, not entirely getting Entirely there. And then, then it comes back. Then I go home and I masturbate to what just almost <laughs> happened. Wait, you're saying that's having you I'm now dating? I'm sick. No, you're, we're all sick. And I feel That's, like I you're... I said that as... I joke. Okay, what yeah. I'm saying is, are you dating? So you're saying this happened? Are you dating now? I, I, yeah, I try to. Okay. That's good. It's one strike you're out rule, I think. And what do you mean? Just, I just see... I just know when something. Do you know right away if... Yeah, that like that projection of a negative emotion, you go, well, just so you know, this is what just happened. And Like, give me an example when you're on a dating someone new and well i know you don't like it and i know like you get really angry when we it's like no wait uh, like no i don't that's their own stories most people are bringing their own perceptions right and it's just then you're talking about something that doesn't a negative that doesn't exist is the conversation before you get back to the conversation right and it's exhausting and it's it is exhausting no i'm all out of fox i can't anymore i did it too long right and i i lived it and it's just when i i identify it right away it's mostly that. And I, I dated a girl and she goes, I just wish I had more time with you. And I, I was like, you do. I don't see my friends. Right. I don't right. go out to eat. I don't go to movies. Right now, my son has a babysitter so I could see you. Right. And he just it's came like it's out never of a, enough. He just came out of a divorce. It's kind of important that if I'm like around him. Right. You, you do see more of me. Right. Than anybody. Right. I haven't seen my parents in nine months. I get, I get that too. It's never enough. It's funny. I was talking to someone and they said, well, what's the big complaint? Like, why have you ended relationships? And typically it's, it's never enough time or I'm not giving as much as I can well, to a relationship. The best thing I you can business. do in a relationship is date somebody that actual, has actually a, has passion for something and has a job. Exactly. Well, does this person doesn't, didn't? It's an amalgamation of it. There's a lot of people, right? Gals. If can I single them out, I, then they're be like, terrible, I'm don't. back. This is what I do. I'm back in his life. Right, right. You can't single out. So let's go back to the parlor. Okay, you were talking about parlor trick earlier, but then you were talking about mother. Because I heard you say something about, like, it's parlor trick. Like, everyone's got mother-father issues. These are the issues. Mother-father issues. And how they, no, you didn't say it here. <clears throat> it was on a podcast, but you were oh, just talking about, about parlor in, tricks. Oh, about intuition. And, like, psychics. Yeah, there's yeah, no such thing as a psychic. Right. 
Like they okay. just, they were just present and they just catalog everything you say right. and they go, Hey, watch out for the number four. Come see me if you start seeing fours. And then you see fours and you're like, Oh my God, they were right. Like, no, they weren't right. There's like how many license plates have numbers exactly, on Exactly. Right. But what about what you do? Cause you are intuitive. I, uh, I am. <laughs> you are too. Um, real recognize real. It's, um, right, baby. The best way to explain it is when you take Kung Fu for a long time and somebody throws a punch, there's no blocks in Kung Fu. You get out of the way because the only energy is that person's energy because you're empty. Like before I go on stage, I'm empty. I'm, I'm just nature abhors a, a vacuum. But before I go on stage, there's, it's nothing. It's, I, don't, I don't know how else to explain it. So with the intuition, when somebody sits across from me and they're serious about, like nobody goes on to the car lot unless they want to buy a car. If somebody really wants to be quote unquote red, mm -hmm. they will present, um, they're, they're like, this, this is my, this is me. Like, look at the front of our house, mm -hmm. but don't go in these two bedrooms because we're hoarders, you know? Right. So the questions that sort of peel that away are, it's, it is either mother or father or all Yeah, let's us. talk all, about that though because I believe that we are here. Rooms. I believe that we're here on the planet to work through our mother and father issues. So when everyone well, that's else... That's not... That's, that's impossible that a, a, a sentient being is on earth to experience life okay. to work backwards through the other sentient being's damage. Well, well but don't you... Th okay, so you're... Run it's semantics, but what I'm saying is don't you believe that it's our mother and father who shapes us and these are the issues yeah, that we're uh, constantly battling Absolutely. And that it's not a... But, like I guess I try to let people see that it's like it's you not twirling your hair when you said mother and father it's very interesting oh oh are we gonna intuit what that means it's just like a I don't know it's, I thought it was cute oh thanks <laughs> I was, reading it, I was like, doing that for that. you it was separate does she um, twirl her hair often okay yeah I don't know so the parlor trick thing is to get the walls down like you you are mm -hmm. Emily mm -hmm. you are underappreciated you are underappreciated you are, you are, you know that you are. And whatever it is, that decision that's happening in your life, you are right and you're never, it's not like the Senate floor where you're gonna get people to come over to your side. You are right, you just have to be happy with the fact that you're right. It's like paying a parking ticket and you go, you could pay it online and you're talking to people going, no, we're collecting all the nickels in the house and we're gonna walk it downtown. You're right, so right. stop trying. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, those are the two bullshit things I would say to two people just to get the wall down because now you're leaning forward. Right. I'm like, oh, tell me what, because we're all narcissists too, in a way. But hear that's right for everybody. Right. It you is know. right for everybody. So your psychic we're all working goes, stuff you're and at trust a fork yourself. in the road. I know. You had a horrible illness within the last two years. Oh, or no, someone in your life did. Okay, yeah. but what about the mother issues and the father mm -hmm. issues that wow. we're trying to work through? I wouldn't say it's issues. I would just say it's, it's conditioning. You know, uh, the thing... The number one thing I know, no parlor tricks moving forward, I promise, okay? Like, okay, because like, they're kind of fun, but I get it. Trust me, trust you, you know, because it's, if we're going to go in the weeds here, we'll go together. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm in with you. I'm in. How tall are you? Oh, you're going to ask that. 5'1". Uh, questions will get harder as we go along, I suppose. Second round. I'm 5'2". I'm 5'1". I'm 5'2". And not a, I'm like 5'1 and 3 quarters, but I'm so honest that I'm like 5'1", but that's actually more like 5'2". All right. Okay. So as a little girl... This is everybody, little boys, little girls. As a little girl with cognitive thought, you were home. You accepted five foot as your value, just the way a parent is stern. Like, I'd come home, my mom would be slamming drawers. It had nothing to do with me, but it was just disturbing. Like, what's wrong? Nothing, nothing, nothing's wrong, nothing. So you're like, ooh, sorry. So you accept five foot at like maybe five, six years old.
then eight, nine, ten. When I whenever I say trauma, it's like this is a glass with water in it. We're done. Like I'm not, I don't go into the carpet underneath or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like so around those ages, there's trauma. Like and that could be a car accident. Somebody dies. Uh, like something that scared you. So you somebody the neighbor killed them. Right. And then it's the way you ask questions and people respond. Like now, like wow, I'm like I'm four foot eleven of value. Then you go to high school, and you have a boyfriend that comes in at four foot ten. You go, hey, that's almost all of me. This guy's great. No, then you don't even know you're settling. Now you're at four foot ten. You started at five two. You're not even out of high school yet. So what I try to do before I begin a reading is get people to realize, like you're five two, like you're seven feet tall, like you take up the entire room and the space, like you really, you have gravity, you have tremendous gravity, and you're incredibly beautiful. And but we've accepted all of us, myself, that we're just smaller and smaller and smaller, and then life just kicks you in the nuts. And you get your face pushed into yellow snow a few mm-hmm. times, and yeah. you're like, "Well, I'm four or five. No, you're not. So it's that process of constantly, I don't know, working on because you're peeling back all these layers, and it's easier, I guess, to keep feeling like you're you're knocking yourself down. But don't you think it is making you stronger by peeling back these? I know what you're you're saying, but like your process I'm saying right you're now, not. Well, I'm saying what I do is the conditioning about the mother and the father, like mm-hmm. nobody has a kid to do worse than what they had. Nobody. It's impossible. Hopefully they it's try a, to it's improve a, it's upon. a sin against the universe. It's, it's impossible to have a kid and go, I'm not going to be as good as my parents. It's, there's that one thing you lacked, physical affection, um, a- attention, a validation that you go, when I have a kid, I'm going to, my thing was confusion. My son will, my son's, will never yes his name is Meredith my sons will never be confused they'll never have that confusion the rules will never change my son will never go they they know how to fight Mm -hmm. my sons will never go to school when somebody goes hey so-and-so's looking for you and have that fear all day of like what the fuck did I do that this guy wants to fight me I don't even know who my sons will go well where is he because you trained them you taught them that's that's but I'm sure I've I'm certain I have created craters. Of course. Well, that's what I'm saying. You always do. That's the thing about parenting. It's like, because I hear, I have so many friends with kids, most of them do. And they're like, do you have those days where they're like, I'm a terrible parent. I'm going to mess up. But like, you do your best and hopefully you do better than your parents did, right? You learn, you're like, I'm not going to be a parent like that. But there's there's always this sense of like, you feel like maybe you're not a good parent or just accepting the fact that you know, there's going to be some ways you mess them up if you will but what i'm saying is that's our challenge is like i feel like the stuff i've worked through with my family is like a gift truly because i wouldn't be who i am today had i not had all those struggles like they are directly related to those struggles to where i am and how i sit today and i'm still peeling back the layers of it but what it's about the joys like, what about the joy and the love and the happiness and oh you, i have a lot of that too we didn't mention those i you, know you it's so easy to your parents Right. I have a lot of joys with my parents, too. My mom's mm. amazing, really there's, supportive, there's, really there's smart. There's qualities about you that you don't address. Not you, the no, editorial you. Da- yes. Well, you know, like, oh, my parents did this. Not you, again. The I need really Because I would never attack like that. And it, we never go like, hey, I know when I make a phone call to say, hi, it's John Moore calling. May I speak with? That's because I saw my dad do that all the time. That's how you, when you shake somebody's hand, you look them in the eye, you give them a nice shake. When you're in a fight, you hit first. You hit fucking hard. When you hug somebody, don't do anything else. I love that. I, it's true. Just that's be actually mine that I made up. No, no. But I had you to add it on in the back. I was like, no, I ran out of one. Here's something. one of mine. I heard because I I haven't listened to you. When you talk about giving that hug to someone, when you hug someone, 
to be present and to wait that moment of like, like have a real <clears throat> fucking moment where you're looking at each other's eyes and you're hugging and you're feeling it. Or I think we're losing that. We are. Oh, we've lost. Do you it see that entirely. with the kids? Like, I was thinking this outside. I was like, "Yes, I'm on social I media. My Instagram is really important. All that, but it's like guys hit each other's backs. Yeah. Do you hug your friends? Are you a hugger? I kiss my friends on the cheeks, Don't like all you? the Italian guys in the neighborhood. Like, hey, hey, doing. He's a friend of us. Right. Yeah. Like it feels like that's my friend what you Aaron do. came over last night. We did the Lakers podcast that we do. Big hug. Kissed each other. Like yeah, a big and the black guy played basketball. Yeah, no, but she got. I think like just that's important to being a being. Still I love being him. present. I love that. Right. I am in love with my friend. I am currently in love with the man named Aaron. I'm currently in love with Corey uh, Fry. I'm currently in love with uh, Landon Lynn, who lives in uh, Portland, Oregon. His brother Logan is like soulmate type stuff. Uh, it's not like I'm gay for these people. No, but you've Corey's got you're like, confident in your like I'm. These are people like through everything. They've just, it's like there's a shitty neighborhood with a terrible storefront. The lights are off in the middle of the night. It says toys, a letter's missing. And for like 18 years, they've had one eye in this shitty cloudy window. And they're like, I think way in the back, there's an awesome bike. And they just hung around until that neighborhood got its shit together. So that's that's who you love. Right, that's true. Those are your friends, those are your people. I use too many analogies. No, you don't. So in the last year, <laughs> I want to ask you, no, you're good. You're good with the analogies. Sometimes I struggle with that. I'm like, what's that in the moment? I get anxious and I forget things in the moment sometimes. So I can't. Why I do you think, think you get anxious? Oh, God, who knows? I'm Jewish. You mentioned, I do a joke in my act where I go, if you have a friend and you're not sure if they're Jewish or not, they're not. <laughs> There's no ambiguity. And they will mention it often about things that make no sense when it comes to Judaism, daughter of Zion, son of... It's like, just, we went out on David's boat uh, out in Pyramid Lake, and I, I sat in the front, I'm a Jew, right. and you're like, wait a minute, seating arrangements at sea. I've been doing... Right. Israel. I'm not following. I don't have a chart for this in my head. This right. is weird. No, I understand. We Navy do blue, do I'm Jewish. Well, wait, I... What? <laughs> No, it's true. We do do that. But I feel like the Jewish neuroticism or the anxiety. First of all, I think everybody's got a lot of anxiety right now. I think it's coffee. Yes. I think we've always had it, but I think we have more coffee and more stimulants in our life. I think coffee's been a constant. I don't no, disagree. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not because it's always Stop been a constant. Stop fucking pointing at me right now. So I know. Pointing is bad. But my, um, <laughs> but, but the thing is, is that coffee, our parents have like a cup of coffee, right? Like bad coffee at home. But now we're having huge coffees. I'm not saying that's the only thing. I've just been watching everyone walking around with their huge drinks for 20 years. And that's going to contribute to it. I, I but think for it's me, it's that I'm Jewish. The phones, the anxiety. It's the not phone. because you're Jewish. That doesn't even make sense. Well, you, you don't have anxiety because you're Jewish. You, were, you heard that when you were out four foot nine and made you four foot no, eight. Like, well, we're Jewish. Living, that's no, how we it's are. It's been living like, in no. L.A. For five years, because in San Francisco, yes, what there if are it's Jews, just how, what but if they're it's more just stimulated. You? What if you just have anxiety because you're a human being and it doesn't need a label? There's not a hook to okay. hang a coat on. You said, "Why are you anxious?" And right. I could say, "Okay, I could give I'm, you the real because answer." Because I'm Jewish, because other people. I have drink a lot of things going on. on. I know I, the coffee thing was. Let's new. control time, not the other way around. Oh, don't you get? You just got a little louder, a little quick for me, because I can't keep up, and I want to catalog this because you're important to me. Aww. You said. You have anxiety because other people drink coffee. It was unrelated. And because you're Jewish and living in L.A., I'm like, that's... I'll break it down for you. There you was have a anxiety lot because you're a person and every person has anxiety. My anxiety, which I don't feel ever, comes out of my rear end as diarrhea. 
That's how I know I have it. Okay. And I'm not a zombie. And otherwise you don't feel it because... It's never served me and I've just jettisoned it somehow. Right. I, I, I think like being a wrestler first and then a comedian... I mean, that's, it's just a monastic life. It's like, it's just you. And if you fail, you're fucking out. Like if you bomb right. starting, you don't get invited back. That's and if, true. if you lose in a wrestling match and then when you coach wrestling, it's like, are they listening to me? I better really act like I know what the hell I'm saying. Even though it's like my first coaching gig ever, you have to come up with like a whole thing and how to start a practice and how to keep everybody engaged. And they're millennials. So they're just like, what? That's what everybody says when you ask, how about this? No one. Follow this today, as your listeners too. No one answers a question. The one in front of them, they just go left and they go right and practice this. Go, that's cool. Same question. Say those exact words. Just keep bringing it back to the question. But every time it happens during the day, you'll see if you just keep the same mantra, that's cool. Same question, same spacing and timing, that's cool. Same question. Do you get your answer then? Uh, Maybe, maybe not, but it's fast. Do you guys sell... uh, Esquire magazine. If we do, it would be yeah, magazine. Yeah, that's cool. Same question. I'm at the fucking magazine rack. Right. Uh, obviously. Right. I'm looking. I'm here. I know. Tell like, me if you have Where did you it. grow up? Well, when I was this, when I was that, and this. You know. Okay, that's cool. Same question. Nobody answers a question anymore. Do you think that they answer it too? I'm answering your question with the question because. But why do you think that is? We're not focused, or we don't want to, or we want to tell too much backstory. So I, when you I ask me why do I have anxiety. Being, I yeah. could have just been like, I don't know. I've got a lot of stress in my mind. You know, there's a lot. I don't know. I have I've always had it. The answer is you don't, don't know. know. You don't know. No. All I know is and that. I don't I... know. I can teach you this. Truly. I don't know is the best answer if you don't know. I tell my kids that. If you don't know, don't we can get started. Right. We're, talking about, we're talking about coffee. Mm-hmm. We're talking about our parents' coffee. They're not here. You know what I mean? You don't know. You don't know. Like you don't. I don't know why I have anxiety. You don't know. But life. Period. It's too big. It's too macro a question. Why you have anxiety? Um. Yeah. But I think I can remember when I first had it. I can remember when it started. I can remember when it didn't exist. And I when can remember times in my that life fascinates me. when it didn't. When it wasn't as. Um, I guess chronic. Maybe. So. You said my, did not exist. It did not exist. Okay, it's like the low buzz, I guess. I it's always no, no, there. No, no, I got you. It's, I repeat it for me, not to like correct you. Do you know what it often doesn't exist? And I think you might be able to... I was listening to something that... I think it was one of your... We're talking about stand-up. It's that the reason why I love doing this, and I'm not saying I don't have immense anxiety before I come in here, especially you coming on. I want this to be a good interview. I worry. And then after, I'd be like, I hope that was good. But in the moment... With you and doing a show, I'm super present and there's no anxiety in me right now. There's been two anxieties since we've had this conversation. (sighs) The coffee part? Twirling your hair and when I said, let's control time, not the other way around. Yeah, I just felt like, oh no, it's my time. You know what that triggered in me is because I'm not great with um, time management. I have dry erase boards all over my house that say time management. They do. I'm, I'm the worst. Like it's yeah, it's, the worst. It's, like I, I hire, like I need someone just to sit with me and like t- they do this in my office. I don't go the to The team bed. is like 15 minutes left. You have 12 more minutes to finish this. We can help each other. We're we both can. so thirsty right now. Are you thirsty, thirsty, or thirsty, thirsty for help? Right? So thirsty. Because I'm thirsty. I'm like I'm thirsty because she's thirsty. Do you want some thirsty. blowjob spray? Like, Whoa, hey, wait a minute. Hey, you're into pegging. Sure. Do I don't I know if you can put spray and blowjob close enough together. <laughs> so, uh, anxiety when you did not have it. I think that there's... When you had a daddy. No. (laughs) No, I know. The daddy... Oh, we didn't even get to the daddy thing. 
That is when a lot of it. I mean, my dad did die. No, oh no, suddenly. I didn't mean your your father. Oh, you know. Oh, sorry, daddy. What? No, I was doing about because we were talking off. We didn't my even get to the mother daddy issues. Yeah. Mother and the daddy sex thing. Well, what's the mother stuff? Oh, a you lot of guys have mother, mother stuff. Yeah, yeah. Guys have mother. I mean, stuff. sexually, they have mother stuff. Yeah, and that's uh, um, that's fine for them. If they have mother stuff. Yeah. Okay. I mean, what are you gonna do? What about the daddy stuff with sex? You're saying you're into that, like girls saying daddy, calling you daddy. Being I was, like, I was with a girl and she said, uh, she said, fuck me, daddy. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, wow, that, that, a whistle went off in me that I didn't know existed. A and, good whistle, like a whistle, not like a, yeah, not like, like an it, alarm bell, but like uh, a, that came later and I'll explain that briefly. <laughs> right. Like at the carnival where you take the giant mallet and you hit the thing and it shoots up and you got to hit the bell and there's that like weakling, strong guy. And, but if some guy goes bang and he goes all the way up and hits the bell, you know, it like it shot through that. Right. And then I shot through. Like, right, right. You're like, and oh, nothing really new. had worked on me for a very long time. Oh, and when it was over, the most Hollywood sentence on earth, I called Dr. Drew <laughs> and I said, I'm a little freaked out because this girl said this and I uh, like, I came like the fucking cannons at an ACDC concert for those about to rock. <laughs> we salute you! <laughs> and he says, uh, well, are you attracted to children? <sighs> I woke him up. He go, I go, no. And he goes, so then what's the problem? I go, well, I don't know if you heard what I just said prior to you asking me that question. It turned me on. And he goes, oh, okay, yeah. It's value. Daddy is value. And he's very, uh, now he's a dear, he's a dear friend. Mm-hmm. And I told him every step of the way when I was going under. I'm and so he glad. Said, Coming from where you came from, when do we eat when daddy gets home? Who has the answers? Daddy. Why am I entirely safe? Daddy. Mm-hmm. So it's value. And women want so to feel. So I felt six feet tall mm-hmm. for the first time in a very long time. Right. And that made me feel manly. Mm-hmm. And then you want to care for that. Like right. I get to care for someone, not be a nuisance or a, a like annoying toddler around somebody at all the time. Right. And that happens in a lot of relationships, the toddler and the nuisance. We don't know. And I do say this on stage. I'm not trying out bits on you. but No, I don't care. Tell me. It's We don't know when we go from the man of your dreams to just a toddler that bugs you. It's about a year and a half. Because when we ask you to marry us, before the other half of the box comes out, you're like, oh my God, yes! Uh, you cry in the restaurant. You didn't even give a shit to people. Right. Who, your eye, your mascara is running like, oh my God! And then two years later, why are you in the bathroom so long? It's like, I don't know how to wipe my ass right. I don't know right. what to say. I don't know. Right. Who'd you talk to when you walked the dogs? I talked to Ron. He goes, how do you know him? Like, well, I don't know. Right. But these things I think you could know before you get married. I feel, I believe that if you're really vulnerable in a relationship and open, like they would know you're walking the dog and you'd be with someone who was like, that's cool, you made friends in the neighborhood. And they weren't... I'm not saying you don't find stuff out after you get married because that's you do your be, best work. From stand-up, it seems to be a universal thing where it's like the man your dreams becomes... Uh, you see a yeah, guy right. introduce his wife at a party. He's like, this is uh, Emily. I told you know, mm-hmm. I, told, I told you about Emily. And they're all like, yes, you did. All right, great. Yeah. Wow, you're right, man. Beautiful. You see a lady introduce her husband at the party like, so then we were going to... Uh, at the carpool lane, we wanted to be too... Oh, this is Jeff. <laughs> it's cheese, Jeff. Okay? It's cheese. It's just cheese. No, but it's cheese. So anyway. So how do you in relationships then, do you know people, how many friends do you have that are in happy marriages, happy relationships? Like truly, like, of course you hate them half the time, maybe your partner, or maybe a little less than half, because- I've never hated my partner. Not you hate. Okay, so I'm sure you have friends no, with struggles, you know. but the healthy, how many 
people do you know in healthy relationships that you'd be 70%, like... 70%, 30%. Really? The ones that are in them. 70% are happy. The ones that are in them of your friends. Yeah. Truly. I mean, like attracts like. Like if you're a cheater, you hang out with cheaters because you want to do cheating things. If you don't cheat, you hang around guys that find it abhorrent and like, ugh. But do you think there's... But no, okay. you avoid... I did all my daddy stuff and you so totally skipped that you had daddy issues. Don't leave me on that island. Yeah, no, I think my daddy issues are related to, well, my dad dying. Um, at four, I, I was 19. There goes that I was erection, 49. Jesus. I know, not hot. But I, what I was telling you is that I've actually been with guys who are into the daddy thing in recent years. And I'm like, oh, that's hot. And I can, I can get turned on by it because I love feeling like the little girl and being taken care of and safe. And it's just hot to have someone dominate you. Keyword. But I don't relate little. it. Little. I'm little. Little, little girl. girl? No. Oh. Little. To be little and to be held and where your arms safe. go all the way around yeah. somebody to the other side. Yeah. We, guys want that. I know. We all just want to be hugged. If I was in prison and a guy was fucking me and I eventually went, fuck me, daddy, I guarantee you I've come harder than I ever came in my right. life. I'm not taking off the table for <laughs> me. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's that sake. It's that being that little right. baby bunny in the palm of a hand. Yeah. That's that's what it is. I like, know. And, and it's you do. fine. And that's healthy. I love that you called Drew and he was like, that's cool. He's like, wait, do you, are you a pedophile? No. Cool. Yeah. Go with it. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And it's you not- have to be brave to do it too. Like, it's like you want to take care of somebody that can like be that brave. You know, you don't want to weed it out of him. You don't really, don't forget. I really like when you say this. Then it's like, ugh. Yeah, but sometimes, yeah, that's true. But sometimes you got to tell your partner what you like because it sounds well, you like do. you had great sex. But in your relationship prior but i think sometimes you do have to be like oh i'm kind of into this thing is that cool and then you find out if it is well i never did what's interesting is in the marriage i never had that at all it was because of how low i got how i felt about myself how low i felt about my and i've never been like a self-loathing guy self-pity guy and i realized like oh i'm i collect resentments like stickers on a cartoon suitcase like it's my whole identity is just resenting people and being kind of angry from yeah because you can't take it out on the person you're trying to save you're trying to keep somebody above water or mm-hmm. keep the two people above water. Right. So you would say that's what happened in your marriage that the resentments were building. Or you collect them in your life with others and in, in your life I do. And then like it's can you believe that should happen to me? And then you it's like being a second term president. Like Nixon was bananas because right. he didn't realize like it's your second term, dude. Relax. Right. You're spying on people, you can't run again. But do, right. You know, but do you believe sore that winner in relationships when you have these unresolved like resentments? It can be really hard to get. I can't be like, go out and like buy some sexy lingerie. Like if you've built this stuff up over time and you guys haven't dealt on with your issues, it's really hard to kind of get back to the sex, to the sexy. It is I, the best way I can explain it without being disrespectful to somebody who's not here is a photograph and somebody's fading from the photograph, and you go, you're you're fading from this. Like no, I'm I'm right there in the wait. Well, hold on a minute, and you go, no, now you're you're actually fading from this photograph. Like this, we should move it out of this part of the room because there's too much light on it. You're kind of fading from the photograph. I kind of need you in this photograph. And what I said to Neil and Gabby was, it's like you go in the Empire State Building and you had every single floor in the elevator. And the second floor, ping, you get out and you go, can we talk about what happened in the lobby? That was kind of like, uh, no, I'm I'm totally okay with what happened. Like, everyone's like, are you getting back in? Because the doors are going to close. So you get back in, fifth floor. We have... Let's talk about what happened on the fourth, the third, the second in the lobby. And you get to the 80th, et cetera. Then you go, by the way, when I get to the top, I have to jump off. That's where this is going. I'm trying to alert right. you that this is, you're never coming out of the elevator to talk to me. And this elevator goes to the top right. where I leap off the building. Right. 
let's talk about the 111th, 110th, 109th. And then you get to the top and you jump off the Empire, Empire State Building. And the moment before you hit the concrete, you hear, let's go to therapy. It's so true. That's when she's and ready. You're like, right. People like, love me when I, people love me when I'm leaving. Right. When I'm leaving, it's like, what the where's Elvis? What the fuck? Right. What do you mean he's not in the building? It's what true. happened? Because that's almost what people need. They need the extreme of like leaving, something bad's gonna happen. And they're like, Oh no, I've changed, I'm better. But you gave it sounds like you gave a lot of um I gave time more and resources I tapped the well. There's a well beneath the well that many people don't know they have. And that's that's what I discovered. And there's a well beneath that well. What do you think you learned? So we started out saying, I started saying that I was impressed that you're like every stone unturned, like you did it all. Like, what would you say now? And I know it's so painful. I feel I what did would it all. Well, you that's know, all that no one else can tell you. Like, you know, a guy watches the sun go down in California. A guy watches the sun come up in Japan. There's a guy in the moon looking at earth. He didn't see any sun. And all three guys are right. Do you know what I mean? Right. So I don't want to. Say like, but I that's did all everything. we go up. But but right. you know. But here's the thing: we all know when we did everything. I did we everything I could. I did more than I ever knew I had in me. Right. I, I did. I had an extra lifetime or two of effort that I never knew existed. Right. See, that's amazing. And then you can actually leave going. Well, maybe I could have shut up because this is where I nope. even tell my friends. I'm like, nothing have I, you guys done therapy? Nothing I could have right. done. The only thing I could have done is throw somebody over my shoulder and go into a psychiatrist's office or a therapist's office. Right. Or and you don't want to do that. It's like addiction. No. Unless you admit you, there's a problem or you're powerless, you're not going to get help. So and what she, I learned from it all was, uh, it's kind of like a worst case scenario. I tell wrestlers, it's like the worst thing you do is show me how good you are because then I'm going to expect it. Like in the army, you don't want to be the guy that's great at cleaning toilets because they're like, Michael, you know what your job is. Clean everybody else's <laughs> dukes. So like I know my my vigilance i know my uh my relentlessness and that's always been a negative with me like i'm like a dog with a chew toy at times that insatiability right i get it and then i actually saw it in gentility and speaking a different way and choosing words super carefully to not hurt someone's feelings and that's something you can never regret people re people say i regret i wasted 10 years of my life i'm like no you got to love somebody mm -hmm. every day they loved you there was nights you went out and you went i look good and she did that for you yeah i don't yeah i don't i don't believe that marriages people should regret or look at it as like a huge failure because if you were in it you did it you got married you, you had a relationship it worked till it didn't work so it's the part love of you life. felt was real that was it real. doesn't you like it. did you break a bone as a when you were little little no, little did you ever get stitches no tooth pulled no. Oh, Lark, I know. did you ever break a bone as a kid? <laughs> I know. I wish I, I could. How old were you? Uh, seven. Did you have a cast? No, I had one of those, you know, obtrusive yeah. things. Yeah. Seven years old. And look, she knows it exactly. Right. That's still on the scoreboard. Pain. Right. So you can't take love off the scoreboard if you're going to leave broken bones on the scoreboard. It's not, it's incongruous. You See, can't. Right. It's, you know. No, I get it. You can't. Right. Did you have the daddy thing going in and guys tapped the well and you went, oh, wow, now this is where I get to be taken care of, feel tiny and feel, does it make you feel sad? I mean, does it make going you into feel, a relationship? Not like the daddy, like call me daddy. You just mean in relationships in general, the dynamic? Is that the, what you're talking no, about? No, the daddy thing specifically. By the way, to the listeners, we were talking about this off mic. Right. When you're like, hey, and daddy. We were like lead with it. Yeah. We're leading with it. So we would. And I only mean, I don't want somebody in like fucking Ralph's to call me daddy. No, no, no. It's, it's a second. It's I get specific, it. No, we're talking like, about in bed, like it's hot. Like, exactly. Yeah. Or pre, usually penetration. I, if right. I get the person that's pre, I'll yeah, buy yeah. another ring. Right. But. <laughs> 
come to bed, Daddy. Not pre, like, in in the grocery store, but, yeah. Right. In the, in the, in Did the, you always have that, and you, it laid dormant, and no, you didn't know it until no, somebody no, no. questioned, wanted? I didn't, ha- no, I, I don't know. I, here's the thing. I'm very open sexually, so I feel like, to me, it's energy. So when you're with someone, I know what I like and what I'm into, but I feel like every time you're with a new partner, it's like a new chance to figure out how the two of you, how your energy comes together to create whatever sex you're going to have. So I don't really go in with like, I must have this. I must have that. Certain things like oral sex, I need to be paid attention to. I need to feel good. I want my orgasm, all that stuff. But as far as every time I need to wear this, do this, sit in this way, it's not like that that's with sex. Rope. Yeah, that's how, go get yeah. a dog. So sex tricks. is like art, right? So every time you're with someone <clears throat> or dancing, it's but like I a know, new like, rhythm. Exactly. Like Alan Watts, the British philosopher said, mm-hmm. You don't dance to get that, that certain spot on the floor. You dance to dance. Yeah, exactly. You know, you don't. Exactly. You listen to. You play a piano. Nobody works a piano because life should be more like music. He says. Um, otherwise, the greatest composers would just write the last chord over and over. You right. go to a symphony, it'd be like, Dung. <laughs> right. it's the whole thing. But I, I think you misunderstood the question. Like I <sighs> discovered very suddenly that that was something that really turned me on. And I, you said you've had boyfriends oh. who turned them on, but I wanted to know. If it's something that lay dormant in you that actually turns you on. Oh, that I didn't talk about and that I was so glad that someone did it. I don't know if it was dormant. It felt good. It felt with this partner, I was like, oh yeah, I'll do it. But in the past, I had in my brain, I had thought, if a guy said daddy, I was like, "Mm, I'm not into it. But with this guy, it's like, it's hot. It's It just worked. And you have to, there's so much trust. You have to feel daddy like you have to i don't know how else to explain it like yeah like safe and trust and that's why you have to feel tiny and safe in that person's arms yeah yeah yeah. and it was it's awesome so it wasn't like it was a dormant no but i but But like i don't love vitamins but i take them right like so you don't want it to be like that like all right oh i would never see i think back in the day when i was before i started the show because i started the show because i was like i think sex could be way better according to everybody else and my sex is like mediocre this is when you started this podcast? Yeah, I was like, I gotta find out. I wasn't you like You started this podcast, have better sex, yeah. and it worked. Totally. Erections with Jay Moore. Yeah, exactly, dude. You can do it. No, I started because I was like, why well, never wanted to be like normal? And now we named there's the nothing podcast normal. Twice. There's nothing normal about you. There's That's nothing. true. You're, you're, there's nothing ordinary about that. any of us. And you're... I know. You're, you're the lead sled dog here. <laughs> it's true. Nobody pulls the lead sled dog out of the line and goes, you're doing really great. Right. Right. Because they just assume you know it. Yeah. But no. you said you have anxiety on the way here and on the way out. Yeah, I might and be like, you, should I have asked them this? Was it good? Did you guys like it? Like, I'll do that It's after. a best case scenario. You, guys you get to come here and you get to do whatever you want. No, it is true. It like, is when you get to case. audition with, like, Al Pacino, people go, you must have shit your pants. I'm like, no, it's fucking Al Pacino. I right. get to act. I was with some, like, casting director in the Valley for two weeks. Now there's right. an actual guy playing the guy. So I get to do it for real. <laughs> right. But apparently that's not normal. What happened was I thought, okay, well, everyone wants to get married of kids. That was never like my drive. It was always like my mission, my purpose was to do something that felt really good to me and that would change the world. It felt like it had to be this bigger thing. I had set up a lot of things that I wanted to accomplish that trumped anything around marriage. I can't even use the word trumped anymore. It's funny. Around marriage and kids. But I thought, and also, so there was the marriage family thing. Like, what's wrong with me that I don't want that? Maybe if I interview a lot of people who are in relationships, out of relationships, Maybe it'll make sense to me. Maybe I could kind of tweak if, what, what's in my brain. This was initially starting. And oh, then yeah. also, when people were like, I had amazing sex last night. It was the best sex of my life. I was like, I've had good sex. You know, I don't think I've had like a me. I mean, I've had what I think is great. But I think it could be so much better. 
Because I'm still. No, I think no, but that then I thought that, but still, I. You think, don't think now there? It's almost like I I didn't I couldn't see because I didn't see right, and then I saw, and then once I saw, I didn't see what I couldn't right, see right. I think you, you know, don't know like what you Buddhist don't know koan, like, right. Exactly. Yeah. And I feel like now it's way better. I know the basics, right? Like I now I know like <laughs> basics. This, the basics. First base, kiss. No, literally, but I know my Hand body. Over blouse, second base, stand up double. I was also like I didn't know how to ask for what I wanted. I didn't know even what felt good to me. It was like I found uh grabbing him uh by the <laughs> face and saying it angrily gets a really great response. Saying what angrily? Fuck me, <laughs> goddamn it. You fuck like just grab the guy. Like That's what I do to guys when I go to yeah, the Y. When I go to that. when I go to the YMCA, <laughs> not sponsored. <gasps> not sponsored YMCA. But what about your podcast? Tell me. We, let's talk about your more, podcast. Uh, more stories. Stories. It's got its own Speaking app. Podcast One app as well, and uh, I'm very proud of it. Yeah, it's really it's, you've been doing it for a while. It's great. And thank you. Yes. And the ones that get that, you know, you fight so hard to get like the biggest guests on earth, and then like I'm in my truck wearing earbuds, and I just talk about what I'm going through, and those are the ones with like double the listenership. People just want to hear you. Because it's like, hey, man, I got to be transparent. I got to be true. Well, that's what I love about, yeah. Full. Are you just in the moment you're going, you're like, here's what happened today and here's what's going on? Without airing somebody out, but like going back to AA and like, I mean, I was in a mental hospital. I was going to ask for a bed and I thought, I got the improv tomorrow. I can't let Rita down. Fuck. So then I left. I was visiting somebody else after an intervention. And then I had the improv the next night. Then Sunday morning, I had a great meeting. And then Monday morning, there was like a weird like 7 a.m. wrestling practice. So the combo of those three things was like clear, woof, and it just brought me back to life. Wow. But I was ready to lay down. I was ready to just lay down and go like, somebody monitor me. I'm going insane. And, not, and you, that's and that was a year, year ago? Yeah. No, that's within the, within the last year, like being sober, working steps, having a sponsor. It's just... It's a crazy world out there. When you keep being accountable, because my program is about transparency and accountability, all accountability all the time, high road, high road, high road, it's exhausting. It is exhausting. It's like, I want to dig a tunnel. Fuck high road. What? I would love to have you on more stories. I'm going to Florida for two weeks. I would love when to When people on are more listening stories. to this on this Friday because you subscribe to it and you rate and you review it because it's great. It's Sex with Emily. And uh, I'm right now about to go on stage in front of drunks. Right now? In Tampa, when they hear this on oh. Friday. Oh, good. Okay, in Tampa. Where else are you going to be? Time travel. So everyone can listen to your podcast. Oh, I have to. More stories, M-O-H-R stories. It's all on Podcast One. And you're at jmore37. That is correct. Facebook, more stories. At jmore.com. This will all be on our website. My, this everything is so my, fun. My, I'm, I feel my like website's we just, a great website, by the way. I'm, is, not, I'm really like... It is a great website. A lot website. of content. Uh, okay, I'm at the Hollywood Improv on Melrose... <laughs> May, May 5th and May 26th. Cinco de Mayo on May 26th. May, May 5th, May 26th. Saturday, 8 o'clock. No opening act. And uh, just me for 90 minutes. I might just have to come by then. No, you're going. You're I'm going. in. May 5th, Bring May a date 26th. or four. Yeah. Let's see what I can do. I this love was, you. This is great. I know. This is really Everyone fun. Everyone in here Thank is you. wonderful. I know, right? Good energy. Good How peeps. long can you read Pinterest, Shannon? What are you doing? <laughs> there are quotes with pictures of lions on them. Thank you, Jay Moore. Thank you, everybody. Okay, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show, for reviewing it on iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast, and just for being part of the Sex with Emily family. Thanks to my amazing, incredible team, Ken, Jamie, our volunteer, Shannon, Jenny, Sarah, producer, Lark, and Michael. And thanks, everyone, so much for listening. Was it good for you? Text Ask Emily to 797979.
The other day, my friends at Adam and Eve called to ask me if I wanted to give away free vibrators to my audience. I said no. I'm kidding. Of course I said yes, but only for a very limited time when you use code EMILY at adamandeve.com. They're going to send you a free pocket rocket with your order. Pocket rockets are great little vibrators. They're perfect for clitoral stimulation alone or with a partner. They're super easy to use and compact enough to stash anywhere. Oh, on top of the free pocket rocket, Adam and Eve will also chop 50% off the price of almost any single item and ship the whole order for free. To get in on this deal, just go to adamandeve.com and enter code EMILY at checkout. I suggest you do it before they realize just how many of you are out there.